Not quite sure what episode of season <laughs> four of the Stinky Cast. I'm a little thrown off on our episodic count right now. As you know, we have taken a little one-week respite to let the talking points swell up. So Brentley and I have a robust show of review for you today as we sit here on the eve of week three of the NFL season. We have some matchups to review we have some games to review which have happened in the first two weeks we'll take a look at the good the bad and the ugly brent that's one of my favorite westerns and i don't want to steal it because you coined uh the term of that segment that we have brent but what a film i'm i'm kind of hearing the uh the little tune the little melody in my head right now of the good the bad and the ugly you know hint hint for post-production purposes possibly but partner welcome in and welcome to episode three of the nfl season that we have coming up this weekend yeah like jay said uh welcome back guys we had a little break uh you know we had some scheduling conflicts to work out last week we had some scheduling conflicts to work out this week but we managed to find a way to get this episode in this week for you guys. And like I said, we have a lot to discuss. I mean, there was there was super teams happening there. We had some PRB trade machine activity I saw happening. We had some scappinings happening. <laughs> that's that's a hard one to get out. Scappinings happening. <laughs> uh, so there was a, a lot going on in the league for the past couple of weeks that we need to cover. And we're just going to get right into it here. And like Jay alluded to, this this segment we're going to start off here is going to be called The Good, The Bad, and The Stinky. As we go through team by team and kind of do like a snapshot review of the past two weeks and the past two weeks of the NFL, really, as we get into these teams and how things are developing with them. And I think, Jay, the best way to go about this is we talked about it pre-show. I think the best way is going to be to just go down the standings and start with the good get into the bed and see what's happening down at the bottom with the ugly. And, you know, at the top of the charts here, after the after the first two weeks, we have Esteban's Puerto Rican Troy Romance sitting atop with a 40-point dot in the power rankings to start this off. He's just had a phenomenal start to the year. And... You know, there's there's a lot of reasons for that, Jay, if you want to start to get into his team here. 
Yeah, it's been it's been a magical run for for Esteban uh, thus far this year, Brent. And if there's one thing Steve knows, it's how to score points in the regular season in fantasy football in our league. He's he's typically always uh, at the top of of the uh, the power rankings. I should say the points, uh, the the point scoring for the regular season. What I'm saying is the MVP. He's already always seem seemingly in the mix of that top three. Uh, you know, he had the one down year. Uh, two years ago, but he's been right there otherwise pretty much for the entire uh, tenure that I've been in the league. And yeah, I mean, this year is no different. And it's kind of like the last couple of years, Steve derives uh, the majority of his power from his wide receiver positioning. And, you know, he's run it back this year with Cooper Cup, who has not disappointed. Cooper Cup has been enormous. His usage has been preposterous yet again for the first two weeks of the season, Brent. But I think the big story on Steve's lineup is Stefan Diggs. I know I took a big face load of cream from <laughs> Stefan on Monday night. So uh, his usage also has been just absolutely silly. I think he had a 40% target share or something like that on Monday night. I guess you could have seen that coming with Gabe Davis out, but Stefan has been just a monster early on in the year. And Steve's basically, I have not looked at the standings, but I have to imagine Stefan Diggs and Cooper cup are like top three wide receivers right now in fantasy. That's where uh, Steve is, is basically pulling a lot of his points from. They use him. The Swiss Army knife deal. Here's Allen on second and ten. Stepping up into the logo and throwing. He's got Diggs wide open. It's caught. Touchdown. 46-yard strike. Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I mean, he got him at for $18.5 million at the draft. Gee, and I am, I am just, like, kicking myself, trying to figure out what was going through my head, why I wasn't targeting digs this year i mean he is 28 years old so he hasn't reached any any drop-off point in his career he still has josh allen throwing him the ball he's still in one of the best passing offenses so that is quite a deal for derazio he has 20 targets already and 23 catches in you know within two weeks here he had a 29 point game week one for him and he had a 44.8 game for him in the Ooh. second week. So that is going to definitely be huge, especially when you pair that with Cooper Cup, who has 24 targets and 29 catches for, you know, a 28 point week and a 29 point week to start it off. So you, you, t you put those numbers together right there. And that is definitely going to be something that carries him pretty well into the top of the power rankings after two weeks. The first week he took, he took care of business against Joey Bags, fellow table member, and he put up that 162 on him and beat him 162 to 93. Pretty much like you said, on the back of three of his receivers, include Judy in that. Now, unfortunately, early on in week two, Judy went down with a bit of an injury, but it seems like it's not as serious as it was initially feared. So he's not going to lose Judy for that long, if at all. So he still has that, that potent combo of receivers there and of course week two which just happened he took you down pretty handily 135 to 102 jay and that's that's just taking care of business for derazio his running backs uh james connor was what we thought was a pretty good deal but he also is dealing with an injury so we'll see if he can bounce back out of that injury and continue to play for him because 
Behind him, there's not a lot of running back, back depth, Jay. And that could be the one thing moving forward that could hamstring Durazio's run for the MVP. Yeah, Brent, I think uh, I do not. I'm not in love with his running backs. Kareem Hunt is a, is a great value. I think uh, Steve got him, uh, I don't know, probably for four or five million, I think it was. And that, that's obviously a great value for Kareem Hunt. But Kareem Hunt's going to be, uh, I, I, you know, not, a, you know, a tremendous bell cow in terms of consistency. He's going to have some weeks where he goes off, but there's going to be weeks that you can't really account for him or his productivity. And James Conner is completely touchdown dependent. And of course he is injury prone. We already see him dealing with injuries. And like you said, not a great deal uh, of depth there going on in that, in that lineup, maybe Kenneth Walker, uh, you know, becomes something later on in the season. Also, we all know how much I hate Kyler Murray. He's probably going to be boomer bust, but he seems to trail off as the season wanes. Typically, at least historically, that has been the case in his career. Um, so, you know, Brent, we'll see what kind of staying power Steve has. I'll tell you this much. You strive for like 20 point per game scores. Like if you if you have like a 25 point per game score, you're going to be up in the upper echelon of teams. Right now, Stefan Diggs is averaging 37 points per game and Cooper Cup is averaging 29 points per game. So if those two guys continue to perform like that, the remainder of his roster doesn't really matter much. Now, I don't know that they could maintain and sustain that kind of productivity, but I, you know, I think Steve probably does have uh, some staying power this year. I think he's going to be a player for much of the season to come. Yeah, Kyler Murray is QB 10 right now in Stinky. So he's he's not really blowing it up. He had a 24-point game and a 27-point game. So he's kind of just like you said, right in that in that wheelhouse where if he gets that kind of production every week from quarterback, he'll still be in the mix, especially with those potent weapons we mentioned beforehand. But um, coming up after that is a team that I don't think a lot of people are talking about or noticed is number two in the current power rankings, Jay. And that is all come loud PSU training day. Of course, that is Schwarz coming in there at the number two spot in the power rankings this week. Yeah, Brent. And, I, you know, I, for one, did not like uh, his team coming out of the draft. I don't think, I, you know, I think many people probably didn't like his team coming out of the draft. Uh, but, you know, he has he's been putting up the points in, in week one. He got that gigantic performance by Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley just looked incredible in week one, uh, did not duplicate that uh, with, with uh, the Giants in week two. So, and, and you know, there, there might be a bit of that inconsistency from him. But look, Josh Allen is far and away the best quarterback in fantasy football. Hell, he might be the best uh, player in fantasy football overall. I, I would argue that he is. So, uh, you know, 14 million, that was an absolute steal. It was a great pick. Um, I think a, a number of people are probably going to be kicking themselves for not driving the price up on that a bit more. Tyreek Hill, I don't know if this is going to continue, but he is absolutely been going off this year. He is averaging 33 points per game right now uh, after his first two games. So, Tunga Valoa, blocked by Armstead. Going, he's got him! He's got him! Tyreek Hill! And the Dolphins have come back! 60 yards! Um, Monster week last week with 51 points, too, on that 190 receiving yards. Monster, two long touchdowns, too. And he was, Jay, 16 million at the draft. So 
crazy. That's like that's thirty million for Josh Allen and Tyreek Hill. That is looking like a, a really nice draft by Kristen. I mean by Schwartz. <laughs> right, and and those two guys, Brent, for uh, thirty million, they're averaging, you know, seventy three points a game between them. <laughs> right, so Just that's two, pre- two players. That's pretty damn good, Brent. That's like what my entire roster averages a week. So to, to see that from his top two guys is pretty damn impressive. I think, honestly, I like – I there's not a lot to like in Atlanta, but I like Drake London a lot. I like his usage rate right now uh, and the fact that Atlanta's defense is pure garbage, so they're going to be passing a lot. I think – I think he's going to have legs this year. I think Drake London, we're only going to see him. You know, he's already averaging 15 fantasy points a game at only $4 million, uh salary, which is impressive. I think we're going to just see that continue, uh, you know, as long as he can stay healthy. So, yeah, you know, Schwartz, this, this is a nice-looking roster all of a sudden. The, the bench is not very good. He does not have much depth. Well, he but, does. He has Keenan Allen down there who is injured. So that's actually a player that you would drop into the starting lineup on a typical basis if he was not injured. And I don't think he's hurt that bad. So you take that starting lineup and, and you pull someone like Landry out of it. And suddenly, yeah. how do you feel about that starting roster with Keenan Allen in there? It's 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 looking it's looking pretty good. Oh, yeah. Even without Keenan Allen, it's, it's a great it's a great starting lineup. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of power players. I, I mean, I'm We'll see if Saquon Barkley, how, how he can, you know, last throughout the year in terms of injury. And also the Giants are just going to putter out in my estimation. So we'll see what his relevancy can be in games that they're trailing much of the game with, with, a, with a negative game script for running options. And then Josh Jacobs, I mean, n- not not overly impressive with him. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, though. I mean, it's look, he, he if you got if you like I said, if you have guys that are averaging like positional players that are averaging like 25 plus points per game. I mean, and he has that. He's got a 33 point per game score right now. And Tyreek Hill, look, Tua looks like he is in love with Tyreek Hill. The usage is going to be there. He's going to force feed Tyreek the ball. The the game, the scheme by Mike McBigD has this guy like open all over the field. I just I don't see Tyreek Hill going away. And then when you have Josh Allen, who's essentially a 40 burger for you every single week, I mean, if you're getting 60, 70 points from two guys, like, okay, like you just need to scrounge up 10 points per other player and you're, you know, leading the league in scoring basically. So I think he's got a nice recipe for sustained success moving forward. I do. He's going to be something to be afraid of as we as we move forward this season because of that explosive element to his roster. You're not sure which which one's going to explode, but you can almost guarantee it's going to be one or two of them. And that is definitely a recipe for a a strong season. So nice work there. Coming up next on the good, the bad and the stinky is running from freak squads. Now, this spellcaster Harry Potter wannabe was touting himself as a super team. And after two weeks, how are we feeling about that, about that super team that he claims he has? Yeah, Brent. I mean, mixed reviews here. I mean, he, he's one and one. So he's, he's, you know, he's won one, lost one. He lost one to Schwartz. So that's a tough matchup, obviously playing the number three team in the power ranking, playing the number two team in the power ranking. Uh, As, as you guys, you know, highlighted on the, on the WhatsApp chain, the game was not that close. But he only put um, up 108 <laughs> points. I mean, 108 correct. points is not going to cut it on most weeks in this league. No, I, I, I agree with that assessment. And 
look, I don't like any of the, he's got a lot of investment into the Dallas Cowboys. I don't like that. I, I don't like basically any player on Dallas. I don't like even, even when Dak comes back, I'm not overly enamored with them uh, in terms of like fantasy uh, value for any of those players. Jeff Wilson, I think is not a sustainable player. Um, I, not, not only once they get healthy, but also Shanahan likes to run multiple players uh, at the RB position anyway. So would you say that Rashad gonna... Bateman is a, is a sustainable player? I mean, look, if you look at his, his season so far in the, in the two games yeah. snapshot that we have, he has two catches the first game, four catches the second game. Now, both of those were propelled by one big play in each game. Mm-hmm. So, in motion with the shotgun to Jackson on first and 10. Oh, and he's got Bateman after the races. Chased by Hyman. Chased on the play by Howard. And there he goes. Touchdown. Wow. 75 yards. Take out that one big play, and he's not not a very sustainable player. He's going to need one big play per game at that usage rate in order to sustain what he's currently been doing for Booby. So there is the other that's the other factor, and then there's the Cordell Patterson factor, and that's that's one I'll let you talk about. Yeah, I mean, ne- neither of us like this this pick coming coming out of the draft. I don't think really anybody in the league liked the pick. I mean, he went for eight million. I mean, I guess the value there is okay, but we all saw it last year. Cordell Patterson defied expectations for you know the first nine ten weeks of the season, and then he trailed off. I, do do I think that now as he's a year older into his thirties that he's all of a sudden going to become a sustainable player throughout the entirety of the season? I don't I don't foresee that happening. Which means at the worst, most inopportune time of the season, you know, when bye weeks start hitting and when you start you know getting closer into the playoffs, that means you're probably going to be trailing this guy off. So, no, in my estimation, Cordell Patterson is not a sustainable, a, a, you know, fantasy prospect here for him moving forward and he's talking about the Jeff Wilson pickup. I get it. It's nice. It's nice for maybe like five or six weeks, but moving it's nice, forward. It's not great. It's, it's right. RB two numbers in that offense, the way that they right. use Debo Samuel as a running back and, and they mixed in other running backs here and there. So he'll not, I don't think he'll be a monster game producer for him. So I, I definitely agree with you there. And he does have in that running back spot, the potential of a feel good, candidate of the year and, and Brian Robinson but um, I want to talk about I want to use that as a jump off to talk about the Washington situation right now because something I've noticed is that there's a lot of players being uh, you know having elevated values right now in that Washington offense people are like Logan Thomas is suddenly a uh, you know like a starting tight end low level you know TE1 and then you have JD McKissick that needs to, to get fed then you have Antonio Gibson that needs to get fed. Everyone's on Curtis Samuel right now, who's who's doing very well. We'll talk about him later when we talk about Spross's team. And then you have Jahan Dotson, who is popping up for fantasy purposes in two consecutive games. That's And then you, we haven't even talked about Terry McLaurin. That's just a lot of names in that Washington offense. And I don't know how they're all going to get fed with Carson Wentz at the helm. No, yeah, I I, I, comp- I completely agree. It's... It, the thing that's good about Washington is their defense is very bad though. So they're, they're going to be in, in pass heavy game scripts moving forward, which is why I, I think there might be some sustainability 
uh, you know, in, in the Washington wide receiving core. I don't know if it's going to continue to be three wide receivers that can be fed throughout the course of the year, but um, you know, at least two of those guys, I think are going to be valuable fantasy assets moving forward just because of the volume of the passing that's going to have to happen with that heinous defense. Right. And as, as, if there's anything you would like to talk about on Booby's bench, uh, Cole Komet, who has zero Ooh. in both games, Isaiah Unlikely, who he is very excited about, but he has he has accrued a stat line of zero and then eight point three in the in the two week snapshot that we're looking for that we're looking at right now. So there's not a lot to get excited about on that bench, and I think that that you know. Our assessment of Booby's team, if Kirk Cousins and Jefferson don't blow up, is accurate. If mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Jefferson blow up, I think that is going to be the deciding factor in most of the games that he plays this season. And it's 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 going to be um, how many times is, are those blow up games going to happen? And that's going to be the answer on on what his outcome is for this season. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think and look, Booty credit to him. He's three in the power rank, third in the power rankings after two weeks. So not a lot of people like, like his team that much coming out of the draft yourself and myself included. Um, so credit to him, hats off to him for being third right now after two weeks. Um, you know, he likes the doubt. He likes when people doubt his team and stuff and he can kind of prove people wrong. So, you know, we're probably just giving him some ammunition to utilize if he continues uh, to stay where he's at in the power rankings. But yeah, we, you know, looking at Steve and looking at Schwartz, whereas I think both of those two teams that we highlighted pr- uh, previously, I think their success is sustainable. I think we'll see them at the top all year. I don't necessarily feel that way when I look at Booty's roster. I, like you said, you pinpointed it. You need to have Cousins and Jefferson blowing up. How many more times is it going to happen this year? Well, I think it's probably going to happen this week because they're playing Detroit and that porous defense. I think it's probably going to be a shootout. So, because Detroit's offense is the real deal. So, you know, I think there's a lot of points that are going to be scored in that game. So, you know, Booty's probably going to have another pretty good week this week. I, I see Ooh. a high scoring game from him this week, but preview. moving forward, how preview sustainable. Preview of the matchups there. A little preview right. of the matchups there. Yeah. Just, just to let them wet their beak a little bit. We'll touch, you know, further on the matchups later on in the show, but um, I'm not, I'm not seeing sustained success necessarily from this roster right now. Well, he is sitting at 30.5 in the power rankings right now. And we didn't mention the number for Schwarz, but it's high. It's 38. So there's a, there's a big gap there between the number two and the number three team in terms of power rankings. And number four on that list is freak squad Two, passing of the torch. That would be my team sitting right behind booby on this, on the power rankings and, the number I come in at is 27.5, so I'm, I'm just behind Booby there in the power rankings, despite the spells that he keeps casting on my team and Spross's team and Stover's team. That just happens to be all table teams, so I think there's a little theme going there from, uh, from uh, Harry Potter Jr. And uh, we, have, uh, we have my team to assess here. And, you know, I had Elijah Mitchell go down week one, and I had T. Higgins I lost T Higgins to a concussion in week one that really, really adjusted my week one score. When you lose you know, basically your wide receiver one and your RB two in the same game, that's definitely going to have a dampening effect on, on your score that week. So I feel like that, that definitely had an impact on where my power rankings are this week, but overall, I mean, I did scat myself, Jay, that's one of the mm. scappings I wanted to bring up. I did mm. scat myself pretty bad this past week. I don't think, 
anyone could really blame me having Tua on the bench against the Ravens defense, even though I know the Ravens defense was a little bit banged up going in. But my guy is Derek Carr, and I'm playing the matchups a little bit, and I did that. That wasn't the matchup that I wanted, and Tua put up 63 on my bench. I would love to have the 41 point difference between him and Carr. Would have definitely helped my power rankings this week, but. Other than that, my everything is going relatively as I expected for my team. Yeah, Brent, I, same, ditto. I, I loved your team coming out of the draft. I had your team as the championship favorites um, this year. And, I, you know, nothing that I've seen thus far has, has you, know, you know, moved me off of my perch on that stance. So I, I like all the contributions you've been getting thus far. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to leave forty one on on the on the table there on and the bench. That's that's obviously going to hurt um, for for kind of MVP chasing uh, from yep. an M- MVP chase standpoint. I I did it the last couple of years. Like it's just hard. You can't make up that chunkage of points typically. But the same thing happened to me last year with Joe Burrow on my bench. I think it was week three. He had like a monster game, and I had Tannehill in. And I, I thought about that week all season last season. I feel like this is the this is the thing that's going to make me think about it all of this season. But hopefully I can uh, bounce back from that thought and uh, overcome it. But, yeah, like you said, you predicted Swift would be. Brown, excuse me. Third down at 15. Goff's pass. Caught by Swift. And Swift will take it all the way for a Lions score. The, I, th- I believe he said the Austin Eckler of the season. Right now, the top running backs, I'll go through the top, the top 10 running backs right now. And this is a weird list. Uh, the even weirder list is a QB list, which I'll go through here as well as we, as we go through the teams here. And the top 10 running backs, we have Saquon, Chubb, Swift, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards, Allaire. Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, and Cordero L. Patterson rounds out the top 10. So I, I did squeeze in two in there in that top 10. And th- that was one of the things I wanted to, to mention there. But as far as QBs go in the top 10, Jay, do you know mm-hmm. what the top 10 quarterbacks looks like right now? Well, Brent, I would imagine you get some Tua in there, some Joe Flacco in there, uh, some Carson Wentz probably in there. Um, Correct on all those. It's Lamar, Josh. Tua, Wentz, Mahomes, Hertz, Herbert, Flacco, Goff, Kyler Murray. Goff. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That's the crazy top 10 quarterbacks coming. I mean, granted, Incredible. it's only a week two snapshot. So, so right. about the week two thing. So, you know, when you look at an entire NFL season, you look at basically sometimes like six game snapshots, eight game snapshots. And granted, mm. this is only a two week look that we're taking at the NFL, but when it's the first two weeks of the season, you tend to think it's more than just a clip of the season. And you tend to think it might be a trend for the rest of the season. And it might just be a psychology there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, a lot of people, I, I take shit every year when I make, you know, bold proclamations after week two or week three or whatever in fantasy, but so, a lot of stuff, like you can tell, like you, you can tell early on, like, Two, three games is kind of all you need to, to see. I mean, barring injuries, of course. Injury can change everything. But in terms of, like, usage, productivity, production overall, like, I think you can pretty much tell what is what within two to three weeks. So, and, I mean, applying it to everything that we're, we've talked about to this point, the teams that we've looked at to this point, 
I mean, I think every every pick that you made that I liked and that you the, the things you were expecting has come to fruition and looks like, again, barring injury, will be sustained throughout the season. And then there's some stuff that I don't think I was planning on that you might probably not have been planning on that's even coming to, to, to play out here, like the CEH, for instance. Like, you probably, even taking him at eight, you're probably not thinking, yeah, I think he could probably be like RB6. <laughs> Right. No, not at all. Uh, he was just kind of a, a price that I couldn't pass up. And now I'm kind of feeling comfortable with him as an RB2, the way he's playing, the way he's involved in the KC offense, really. he's They're, they're utilizing him more than I think they have since his maybe rookie season. Uh, and, you know, Gerald Everett is another big part of my mm -hmm. team so far. He's in the top, I believe, top four tight ends for 0.5 million. So that is also something that's really vaulted me into that top four of the power yeah. rankings. And Brent, you know, good friend of the show, Joey Bags, loves to see it. Hashtag loves to see it. CEH, the resurgence, the coming out party. Finally, it's happened. After Joey <laughs> drafted him two years in a row, got absolutely jack shit from him. You know, he's just savoring every big game he has. Now, he didn't get jack shit from him. I think he ended up in the top 15 <laughs> running backs in the one season. But yeah, he's definitely, he's not loving uh, any kind of resurgence by CEH this year. That's for sure. But number five, Jay, number five on the power rankings is the bully bunch, none other than Tim Barco. And, you know, he's he's putting together a decent little season here so far. Hopefully, Herbert, your boy, a bear, I guess this is what you used to call him, just the herbs, is healthy uh, with that rib cartilage injury that he sustained. And, you know, he didn't have Pittman this past week either, and yet he still sits at number five in the power rankings He's putting together a pretty decent season with what he's got here. Yeah, I think some of it derives from the 2-0 and record. Um, uh, you know, I, Ezekiel Elliott is, uh, you know, I just don't know what, what he's going to be moving forward throughout the year. And Derrick Henry had a very, very nightmarish game in, in his second game out here uh, in that beatdown by Buffalo on Monday night. I think he had like 15 carries for like 26 yards or something. Not good, Brent. Um, he's averaging eight fantasy points a game right now on the season. Now there's going to be some games where there's more of a positive game script and he's going to be able to, to get it going a little bit more, but the Titans offense, it looks like arrow pointed way down on them. And, you know, if they do make the change uh, away from, from Tana poop and they, and they go, to uh to Willis. I don't I don't know really what the Titans offense is going to be. I don't know what kind of a you know, a factor Derrick Henry is going to be moving forward. So, you know, so I about Derrick Henry. I you know, I, oh, shout out to Barco um for for you know, being up here in the playoff outlook. So, about Derrick Henry, um we mentioned for probably for different reasons why we weren't too high on him this season. You're waiting mm -hmm. for him to break down physically. My concerns were more based on if you remember, I think early on, maybe the second episode that I mentioned, his offensive line being probably the worst of his career. And now he's coming out of the gate, averaging 3.9 yards per carry against the Giants and then 1.9 yards per carry against the Bills. Now, granted, the Bills front seven is beast. They're, they were up in the, the backfield yeah. the entire game, just terrorizing them before they could even get started. So there is, you know, that's going to be part of the problem, though. He's he's not going to be able to rely on his offensive line as much as he had in the past, so it's going to be it's going to be an up, uphill climb I think for Derrick Henry Henry and Barco's yeah. running backs. But you know, luckily he has other things that are working out for him. More magic on fourth down. 
Yes. Joshua Palmer. <laughs> Herbert is unbelievable. Justin Herbert's yep. going to be have, have to be the one that really carries his team, though, and he's going to have to get Pittman healthy. Once those things happen, I think he'll be able to still hover around this territory. Yeah, Brent, but a, a breath of fresh air from Christian Kirk so far. I think Christian Kirk's the usage has been amazing. Uh, Lawrence has looked a lot better this year. And totally. I don't think, I, you know, I just don't think Kirk's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this is going to be something that we can come to expect throughout the rest of the year. And I just want to give a shout out to Barco after that bizarre, weird auction off between the two of us, where he drove me up on Russell Gage from 1 million to 3 million. He then went and got Christian Kirk like three picks later for, I think the same amount as, 3 as he drove. Okay. So, so yeah, thank Kudos, Barco. Great pick. Appreciate appreciate the bid up there on Gage to go and get a much better player in Christian Kirk, who's absolutely killing it right now. He's averaging 20 fantasy points a game right now. So that, that's been the big story, honestly. Kirk at 20 points per game and Justin A. Bear at 30 points per game. He's getting, you know, 50 points per game from 20 million in salary. So that's really been hoisting his lineup. And like you said, if he can get Pittman healthy, I don't like what I'm seeing. <laughs> In, in Indianapolis at all, but they're probably just bad enough that they're going to have to be throwing all the time. And Pittman is obviously the main guy there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Barco will be, I think he's semi-sustainable. I don't, I don't really know how much I, you know, love his chances once he gets in, but I think he can be a fringe playoff contender to, to be one of those like last few teams into the playoffs. It's amazing how good Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence can be. Well, I guess Christian Kirk wasn't there last year, but let's just say Trevor Lawrence can be when Urban Meyer is not the head coach running that offense. It's like night and Herb. day. Yeah, it's just like night and day in Jacksonville there. So I think that is a sustainable offense they have going and going through Christian Kirk mainly. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good assessment of, of Barco's team. I would like to at this time move on to the next team on the list here. And that would be the team number six in the power rankings. And that would, and that makes that the, the final playoff team. So let's get this team in and then we'll take a break. And this last team on the, on the top six here with 25.5 power ranking points. And that is 0.5 behind Barco. So that's real tight there. And I'll tell you this, the number seven team has 25, but we'll get to that after the break. So let's talk, let's cover Gary's team here, Jay. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I was very high on you coming out of the draft because you stole half of my players. And then the other half of my players, Gary stole. So I was very high on his team as well. He, you know, he had a tough, he had one of his weeks was a tough week, but he exploded um, in week two. And I think, I think that there's probably going to be more of that to come. I, I, you know, he's only just barely in the playoff outlook right now, but I, I think arrow and trajectory pointed way up on Gary's team. I think Lamar Jackson, I thought it coming in. I think he probably going to be the number one fantasy player in, in the, the entire league this year. Third down two. It's Jackson. Oh my gosh, here he goes. He'll sprint. He's being chased by Howard. Looking behind. You can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown. I haven't seen anything in the first two weeks that would deter me from thinking that that's going to be the case. Dalvin Cook has had, honestly, a couple t 
two pretty down weeks. I think he's he'll, he's going to get right. T- touchdown, positive touchdown regression is probably going to creep up. And I think it's going to start this week with with that tasty little matchup against Detroit that we that we kind of spoke about a little bit earlier. And the big story, Brent, on his team to me is the god, Amon Ross St. Brown, who, I mean, let's just say what it is, won me a championship a year ago. And he has just continued where where he left off, Brent, in the last six weeks last year, the last six full weeks, he was well, cover the receiver cover two, the last, Brent. Co- cover the last eight weeks because he set an NFL record of having eight weeks in a row. I think it was eight catches and a, and a touchdown for eight straight weeks. So that's bleeding into this season for Amon Ross St. Brown. And he is just bringing the party to, to Gare Bear's team over there. One thing, though. One thing, though, I, I totally agree with you. He's he's a stud. He's he's definitely doing great things for Gary and six point five million on Amon Ra. Really kicking myself for letting that Unbelievable. happen. Unbelievable. Twenty seven points per game, Brent. On six mil, six point five million. Twenty seven points. I know. I, I just want to cover my eyes and not look at that. But he also has, you know, DJ Moore, who probably we didn't really love him coming in, and he mm-hmm. hasn't been doing much, but he's still sitting there as a potential threat for him. I just don't love anything going on in that Carolina offense right now, but he also has Kyle Pitts who has been quiet and he he's projected as a, you know, a top tight end, but he only has two catches in each game so far for exactly 3.9 points in each game. You have to expect that number's going to go up, but there's one thing I mentioned about Gary's team in the right after the draft, I think it was, and it was how he drafted four rookie mm-hmm. receivers, Dotson, Wilson, Sky Moore, and George Pickens. And I said, I said one or two would work, would work out. And right now, Garrett Wilson is looking like the goldmine one of, of all of those. His usage is, is looking really well. He had four catches for 52 yards in week one, and then burst on the scene against Cleveland with 14 targets, eight catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns last week for 29 points in stinky league. And Jahan Dotson is also like not too far behind him as far as, far as usage and production, he has 17 points and then 16 points in consecutive weeks, Jay. Yeah, Brent, Dotson has three scores in two games. So, and like you said, Wilson's usage is just bananas. I think Dotson, honestly, is likely more sustainable. Look, I, I saw this I saw this same exact story play out last year when I had, before the Elijah Mitchell, uh, Elijah Moore injury last year. Um, he was, honestly, he was going berserk for me in games that Zach Wilson was not playing. So like, it's, it's honestly, it's good to have their starting quarterback out when he comes back. I don't know that you can expect what's going to happen uh, with Wilson and with, with his usage. So I would say, enjoy it for at least one more week with Joe Flacco pulling the strings here. Um, nonetheless, the, the, the kid is a stud. Nonetheless, that, that is a scary proposition. Like you said, with Wilson uh, kind of on the horizon, threatening, everything in that passing game that's starting to sustain, sustain multiple pass catchers. So that could be, that could be definitely something to watch and could be harmful to a lot of fantasy players that, that are out there right now. So that's, let's keep an eye on that. And Jay, I think, I think let's take a break now after those top six, because that covers the playoff teams as it stands right now. And we'll get into the next section of players after this sponsor coming up. Ooh. 
BRBFantasyTradeMachine.com is the industry leader in providing you expert analysis on pending fantasy transactions. Here at BRBFantasyTradeMachine.com, we leverage revolutionary, proprietary fantasy trade algorithms to make sure the answer always comes up to Johnson. We're the website you never needed or wanted. So drop everything and sign up today. With packages starting as low as $29.99 per month, you won't be sorry. So if you're considering dropping an underperforming player, just come on by to PRBFantasyTradeMachine.com where we will help you piece together the shittiest of trades for the most lopsided offer possible. PRB Fantasy Trade Machine, where there's no such thing as a bad trade. Welcome back, Stinky Nation. Welcome back. And Brent, that is one of my all-time favorites. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the WhatsApp thread, but Najee Harris is available. So please fire up the trade machine and let's get some packages going, guys. I, I have seen a lot of Najee Harris trade talk been going on there. I don't know if anyone's used the PRB trade machine yet, but I did see some talk about, you know, Gesicki being offered out then dropped. Mm. And I know that Booby offered Lavishka Chenault and then he got dropped. I, does it have you even seen Lavishka Chenault on the field this year so far in two weeks? Brent, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought he retired or was out, was out of the league or something. I, I, I've not seen him, heard of him. Like, I, I can't believe he's still in the NFL. Well, you know, he, he's out there in free agency. If you want to pick him up, you wouldn't have to go through the PRB trade machine just to get him, though. You could, you could participate in the fab party, which is tonight, Jay. We're recording on a Wednesday. And there was also some chatter about the fab party tonight, which is looking pretty, pretty dry. It's it's not wet at all. It, it it is the antithesis of wetness. It's it's just a desert out there. Yeah, and and like I said, we're all just combing the desert, looking for something out there, and it's it's a stretch. We'll see what happens. We'll see if anyone spends big. Are we being too literal? No, you fool. We're following orders. We were told to comb the desert, so we're combing it. Found anything yet? Nothing yet, sir. How about you? Not a thing, sir. What about you guys? We ain't found shit. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that little idea that I, I threw out there. If um, if we all spent our actual money, two hundred dollars worth on Fab, how that would affect things? Yeah, I like. I mean, I could. I see your side where you're. And if for those of you not on WhatsApp or whatever, the Brent's idea being instead of, you know, seven dollars per transaction, we just have, a, you know, a total of two hundred dollars to spend, but we're spending real dollars. So like two hundred real dollars. So, you know, whoever you bid on, if you bid nine dollars or whatever on X player, that's just nine dollars that gets added to the spreadsheet. So but you I, have you know, a cap. You have a cap at two hundred. Right. So. Correct. Like you said, you spent two hundred and fifty nine dollars on waivers last year, but you know you won it all, so you got you got paid back on that. But regardless, you know some teams probably spend like a hundred and thirty dollars if mm -hmm. on of their fab money, and they have maybe seventy left over. Now teams do have some left over. A lot of teams spend all of their fab money, and that would be, and that would make it so they spend two hundred dollars, but then they they could still make zero bids right. without spending any any of their real money. You could spend zero bids all season picking up players 
and not spend mm-hmm. any real money. I mean, you could just manage your budget that way. I don't know. Something to talk about and think about. We'll kick it around and see if anyone has any anything to add or or take away from that. But just something that I thought of today that I didn't really think was feasible until I really thought it through. Yeah, I, I honestly would like it. I think it would really adjust. I mean, think about the poop that people bid like $85 million on. Like, would you really be willing for some like <laughs> garbage backup running back to bid like to, to pay 85 real dollars for that person? I mean, probably that- not like yeah, that's a lot of cash for like a Curtis Samuel or something like that. Exactly, exactly right. All right, so um, speaking of, we have to get back into this, and we have Rustle's team up next. He was the team I was talking about who has 25 in the power ranking, sitting at the number seven spot. And he has had you know, a pretty decent year so far, led by, of course, Patrick Mahomes, who, like I mentioned earlier, is is up there with his 47.9 in the first week and 23 the second week he looks like he hasn't skipped a beat that second game he played against in that juicy juicy thursday night game on amazon on amazon prime against the chargers the chargers defense is pretty solid and they held him to 235 yards passing patrick mahomes is not going to run into that that often although he does play at indianapolis next week and then at tampa bay the week after that and then he has las vegas but then he has buffalo and san fran after that there are some tough defenses up ahead. He also plays the Rams in week 12. There's a lot of tough defenses on his schedule. We'll see if he can continue to carry Russell's team, but he also has not had George Kittle yet play since, you know, yet at all in the first two weeks. So he's yeah, Brian. working with some injuries here, but he is riding Nick Chubb so far. And that's been catapulting up to the seventh spot. Hunt gets a breather. Here comes Nick Chubb. Chubb breaking tackles and Chubb in for the Browns touchdown. Yeah, Brent. I mean, I feel for Russ, honestly, he's, he's, I believe he's fourth in points right now. And he's seventh in the power rankings because he's and two. Uh, he's just caught some unlucky matchups there. Uh, he's, he's had a really solid year and from a, from a scoring standpoint uh, and he's got that tough break with look, Kittle's always hurt, but I mean, he, he you hate to see a guy get hurt like in the week, like a few days before game one and an injury that you're not, you know, speculating to, to have to deal with. And then all of a sudden now he's been out two, two weeks. It looks like he's going to be back this week, hopefully. So, you know, hopefully Ross gets some, some productivity from, from Kittle moving forward. And, you know, he's got a couple of nice things going on in his roster. I think Michael Carter has been better than anticipated. I mean, I think Ross gone for 1 million. So, uh, you know, he's averaging like 10 points per game right now. So, I mean, t- 10 double digits, a flex two for 1 million, pretty good. Um, you know, Traylon Burks, like one of the the few bright spots of the Tennessee offense. I wouldn't really call him a bright spot necessarily. Um, not high on anything going, going on in Tennessee right now, but. You know who you looks know, like we'll he's back it. though. I mean, Michael Thomas has three touchdowns yep. in his first two games. So. That, that pick is working out pretty well for him, and it was a $6.5 million draft pick for him. So that is yeah. also a big part of his success for, so far this season. And I don't think he's gotten a great game out of Debo yet. He's had 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got a lot of potential on this roster to, to keep him in this spot, if not move him up further. And that's all without including DeAndre Hopkins, who is now, I guess, four weeks away from being back. So I think Russell is, even though his record doesn't show it at 0-2, his team is is holding him afloat with the scoring that he's been putting up. 
Yeah, I like. I think I kind of like the arrow um, being pointed up on Russ moving forward f- through the rest of the year. I think I think he's a viable playoff contender. Obviously, fourth in scoring through two weeks, I, the wins will eventually fall into place. I think so. Yeah, I I, I kind of like where Russ is sitting right now. Um, kind well, of an understated uh, spot right now for him to be in, but I, I think he's in in prime pounce position for a potential playoff spot. Well, the team that he named and the team right beneath him, even though that team just beat him 141 to 118 this past week, is none other than Spross's team. And, you know, that's will piss on you. <laughs> oh, my God, this team name is, is, is a long one. We'll piss on your kid. We'll piss on you. Drip, drip, drip. We'll piss on your case and kiss you for it. I had a little mixed up there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, Spross's team, uh, it got it got it was involved in a spell uh, this past weekend. Uh, Booby saying his team was trash. I got to say, there's a lot of things in this roster on Spross's roster that um, I'm beginning to like here. Uh, You know, I am not one of the people who would bet on an Achilles injury coming back to life. But James Robinson is looking like the part on that one. And Spross hasn't even gotten a really good game out of Eckler, but he has people like James Robinson, Curtis Samuel, just really providing points for him. And, you know, he does he does have guys on his bench. Like right now, Mike Evans is on his bench because he's suspended. But you you pop him into the starting roster there, and this is this team is looking pretty decent. Tyler Higby's usage has been on the upswing. Chris Olave, I think I saw some stat about Chris Olave where he had over 300 air yards in this past week. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, getting, it's just a matter of time for him, I think, for Olave. Yeah, it's just he, he's the usage on him as the mm-hmm. deep guy in that offense is looking real juicy if Winston can stay healthy with his back fractures. Yeah, I yeah, I like a lot on Spross's team. He he hated the team, obviously, uh, coming out of the draft. Uh, yeah, Eckler's not been great. I mean, I <laughs> look, I I, I called, I was kind of half joking, but I there I called some touchdown, some negative touchdown regression here. I mean, I don't. I think he scored a touchdown yet this year. He's averaging 11 and a half points per game. I, I mean, if you, he had 20 touchdowns last year, like if, if you take it away, a lot of the games, he, he would just, he would be like 50 yards receiving 50 yards rushing, you know, nice, nice games, but you know, he's, he's not a guy that's going to, that's going to approach, you know, like a hundred, he's not going to be near a hundred yards rushing in, in any of these games, really. You, what you're hoping for is to get like eight or nine receptions, probably, even if, even if for only 50 or 60 yards, but you need the touchdowns to come at some point, I think he will score more. He's not going to score 20, but he should obviously start getting into the spring act and probably produce a little bit more for, for uh, Spross moving forward. The the big issue with Spross's lineup right now is a quarterback and Look, I know I know a lot about quarterback issues, and I've I've been saying it for the last two or three years. You cannot be successful at fantasy football with a quarterback that's that's averaging 15, 16 points per game. Like right now, Trevor Lawrence, it looks pretty damn good this year, but 
Through two games, he's averaging 18 points per game. Matt Stafford's averaging 17 points per game. But maybe one of those guys emerges and becomes more of more of a point of consistency for Spross. But that's going to be the thing that hampers him reaching uh, the highs that he could with the remainder of this lineup, which does admittedly look pretty good. Uh, James Robinson looks fantastic. You know, I'm so happy for James Robinson. Picking his spots in the secondary. Robinson bursts inside the 30, inside the 20, middle of the field. One man to beat. He goes. Touchdown, Jaguars. Kudos for him for getting back. I just feel so good every week when I see him scoring touchdowns and, and getting all that productivity and usage. So good for good for Spross on that one. It's looking like I probably should have taken a bath with Spross uh, the day after and, and given him Russell Gage. I, th- I think I missed out on that. Didn't he try to trade request. you James Robinson? He did. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that, that's looking back on that. We have to replay Not that done. at some point in the season. If it just continues. But I don't share the same concerns as you do with Matthew Stafford. I think week one, he looked pretty, pretty bad. But I think the Bills are making a lot of teams mm-hmm. look pretty bad right now. So that that game was against yeah. the Bills. Hard to hold that against him. He had 24.88 against Atlanta. I was expecting more of a blow-up game there. Yeah. But he yep. does – he does have some some easier games coming up on his schedule with also some tough games mixed in. It's going to be weird. I think 23 points is a safe thing to ex- expect on a weekly basis from Stafford as pretty much the, the, the basis, the average, or maybe even the floor in most games. So not, I'm not as concerned about Stafford as you are. So I think Spross has potential to move up the standings, honestly. I think, uh, I think where he's sitting right now isn't necessarily indicative of where he's going to finish. He's at the at number we'll eight the- spot. Yeah, we'll see, Brent. The leading scorer on Spross' team right now is the Buffalo Bills defense. So they've been absolutely crazy this year through two games. They're averaging 23 points per game. So exactly. Um, I mean, we'll we'll I and there's probably gonna be a lot more of that to come. So yeah, it I you know, I think Spross is he's gonna be in playoff contention, I think, this year. He's sitting at the number eight spot right now with 23.5, which is only uh 1.5 power ranking point behind Russell. So it's tight in here in this section. Mm-hmm. And I'll continue that tightness here with PRB, who is Pussy Reekin Brian Two Beer Queer. And, you know, I think he's had some tough luck. He's had some tough losses. He likes to cry about mm-hmm. his tough losses um, when he scores points and plays against someone that, that has a high scoring week. But he his pick with Jalen Hurts is really, I think that's going to be a top three quarterback this year. We've been talking about it nonstop in the chat, obviously. So there's not much more I can add that hasn't already been said there. But I will say that he is looking like a goldmine this year for him. And he hasn't even gotten a good game really out of Joe Mixon. I mean, I think he's had an 18-point game and like a 10-point game, which is a a, a little bit beneath what you're expecting when you draft a player like Joe Mixon, especially when you spend $28 on him. So I don't think he's getting his return on value right now with with that pick. But he also has Mark Andrews, and he's – He's also projected as a top-scoring tight end. He comes out with 10 points week one and 28.7 week two. He's getting what he asked for there. But the involvement mm-hmm. that he has with Deontay Johnson in the Pittsburgh passing game is looking not good. Not good. Not good. But he also has Dave, Gabe Davis there, who yeah. in one game looked fantastic, unfortunately got hurt in practice. That's a bummer. I guess I guess Booby must have cast a spell on Gabe Davis, unfortunately, for that to happen, something that weird. But – you know, you, you, I don't think he's out for like a long multi-week absence. So I think once you plug him into the roster, I think he's got a pretty competitive roster here, even though he's sitting down there at eight. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's had some tough matchups, obviously, 0-2, but, I mean, he's seventh in scoring, which isn't, like, insane high. You know, like, Russ is 0-2 at fourth in scoring. So I meant nine, I, by the way. Ninth in the power ranking, not eight. Sorry about that. Okay, and, yeah, and just in terms of just straight points, he's seventh, Russ is fourth, and Russ is 0-2. So I think Russ has had worse luck than PRB. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think th- this is this is a lineup, I think, that's, that's only going to improve, I, I think, moving forward. Uh, I think Mixon... The bit the Bengals have just been terrible. I think Mixon's gonna gonna improve uh, moving forward. Um, and, that line you know, is but, that line is not looking great though. I watched a lot of tape on that Bengals game, yeah. and their line is a disaster right now. Blocking schemes are a mess. Mixon doesn't even know who to pick up on blitzes yeah. and things like that, and they're just playing the cover too. It's that it's that it's that defense that you were begging for against the Chiefs last year. They're uh, they're just mm-hmm. not allowing Burrow to take his deep shots, and they're generating pressure. The, the first two teams they played were generating pressure with without blitzing anybody. So they're sitting yeah. back in these cover twos and, and and rushing with four and getting through with just four pass rushers, which is a nightmare. That's I mean that's a mm-hmm. recipe for just destroying on offense. But the you know the teams that they played were getting those four pass rushers in, but that was like Dallas who has a pass rush. Burrow going against. And and Mixon, for that matter, going against the Jets this week, you have to see something yeah. out of them to try and beat that defense that the teams are throwing at them. Yeah, it should be a get right game. So if the, if they don't, if there's not a lot of fantasy points coming out of that game this week, then there's there's absolutely cause for major concerns with that offense moving forward. But I think um, there's urgency right now, but not panic for that offense. Right. Right. We'll see this week. Get back to me. If they don't, if they don't blow up against the jets, then I, then I'd be hitting the panic button. Probably. Speaking um, of the but, panic button, uh, unless there was anything else you wanted to talk about on pussy Reekins team. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna drool over Jalen hurts and that the slab <laughs> of muscle stud that he is, but we can move on. All right. Uh, next up we, I guess this is the ugly and this is all the teams below 20 points. So this would be, Crypto winner, the Frank Fernandez story, sitting at 18 points. And he had a pretty nice first week. And then all of a sudden, he's down here mm-hmm. at the 10th spot in the power rankings, Jay. Yeah, Brent, as we know, Frank is prone to pervasive meat beating. He, do- he, does, he does the premature meat beating. Like that year he was 3-0, and the smug face 3-0 and pick. So, you know, he was already, you know, doing a little waxing of the meat area after week one. And yeah, it just all went bad for him for him in week two. And, you know, at least he's got the one win he's sitting there with, with uh, at one and one uh, after the first two games. But Brent, there is, is a lot to dislike about this lineup. I think, look, D- Devonte Adams is still going to be a, a stud all year. Devonte Adams and AJ Brown are going to be absolute studs this year. So, I'll never count Frank like completely out of it. Um, just, just based on having those two guys that could get you like 40 or 50 in, in any given week at the drop of a hat. But we talked about the thinness of the bench. Brent, he's got Kenny Galladay on his bench. Is Kenny Galladay in the NFL still? <laughs> yeah, that's a rough one. He has, he has some, some great names. I think he started Madison this past week as well, which is, uh, that's just a desperation Not. play. That's really early in the season to be making a desperation play like that. But let's check out on Russell Wilson because there's a bet on him oh. for being top seven quarterback overall. And I just checked the top, and he oh. is he is number 14 quarterback. And it doesn't look like that offense is figuring things out. So I guess that is going to be a situation to watch for Frank if 
He doesn't have a backup quarterback on his bench. He might be hitting Fab tonight. There's going to be a lot of activity, I think, from other, someone else in Fab tonight. We'll get to that very shortly. But Russell Wilson is a problem for this lineup right now. Yeah, and and the the running backs are just deplorable looking. I mean, it's just right. atrocious. He right. he needs he needs someone. He needs like Dalvin Cook to like break his leg in half or something. Like the, I mean, look, Brent Brandon Bolden is in his starting lineup right now. I mean, that's just that's garbage. Yeah, that's that's not what you want starting week two as your RB two. So we should we should definitely be giving him the same heat that we gave Booty for his RB two, who actually fixed his. RB2 situation somewhat with a, with a decent pickup, but Frank's going to have to hit fab. He's going to have to hit the PRB trade machine. He's going to have to do something to fix this roster, Jay, because unless he does this, this uh, right now he's in the, the mediocrity territory. It might get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frank I, dial up PRB trade machine. You need running backs, bro. Oh, Najee, Christ. baby. Najee. Come on, come at it. Come at it. Number 11 in the power rankings is draft weasel three kitchen fire. And he has 17.5 power ranking points. Jay. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of thought that the T the TJ drafted a pretty, a pretty decent team coming out of, of the draft. I mean, there is some, I mean, there's some nice things going on here. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is, he's still, I think he's like RB five or six. Like that's, that's a decent return on, on value. I would say, I mean, McLaren's been playing pretty big um, Jay, throughout, throughout. Yeah. Darnell Mooney has two catches in two games. Brent Dar- Darnell Mooney is averaging seven tenths of a point and is in his <laughs> starting lineup right now. Well, like, I mean, like what's, what's going on? Terrible. Yeah. The Chicago offense looks terrible. That's, that's going to be a, a huge problem. If his, if his, you know, highly drafted, I guess he only paid five million for him, but that was definitely an, the expectation there was for him to be his wide receiver one or two, and he has Alan Lazard. But that 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 Green Bay offense something oh. is something is up with that passing game, and he he is he's double invested with Romeo Dobbs down there, and Tyler Lockett is in in that putrid Seattle offense right now, where even the guy you call God DK Metcalf, we'll get to him in a bit when we talk about Bags's team, is not really performing in that offense. Now he does have a top passer here in Carson Wentz, on his back. but but he is he going to have the balls to start him? Forty points and thirty six points in consecutive weeks for Carson Wentz. He goes against the Eagles, who just shut down Justin Jefferson. We'll see if Carson Wentz can continue that against his old team, but it's at home. It's at the Commanders, so we'll see what happens in that game. But I'll, yeah, Brian, I want to I want to just quickly expand on that point. Aaron Rodgers is a starting quarterback. He's averaging 12 points per game right now in two games. And Carson Wentz, as you highlighted, is averaging 38.75 points per game right now. So, I, I, I mean, it, literally, it's almost like a 30 point difference per game. Um, so, I mean, put 60 more points on on, you know, Tucci's in Tucci's, uh, you know, outlook from the first two games. And I mean, that, that's a huge difference, but yeah, this week, what do you do? Like you said, Eagles, great defense, Tampa Bay, great defense. But I mean, the Eagles also have just been crushing people and just going off offensively and the Redskins, I'm sorry, the commander's defense is poop. So you got to think the Eagles are going to be just lighting it up. So, I mean, Wentz is the the usage the volume is going to be there. We'll see what he what he does. I right now Aaron Rodgers is in, is in the game, but I I don't like it. 
Jay, you tack on those 60 points like you were asking for and see where he falls in, in the in the points for rankings at least. And he suddenly vaults up ahead of Booby at 248 because he is 195. Wow. So you tack on mm-hmm. 60, that's that's 255. Booby has 248. That that's yeah. that's the difference between being third from last to third from the top. Right. So that's significant for sure. Like if that goes on for an expanded period of time, you can absolutely mm-hmm. point to that as the reason why you had a bad season. And that comes down to in-season management, not necessarily TJ's draft. All right. That's true. All right. That is enough, I think, of Weasel's team because he is sitting, like I said, at the 11th spot with 17.5 points. Now a big drop off here as we go down to chain gang bang. And that is Stover's team with 11 points in the power rankings, Jay. Yeah, Brent. Look, I again, I hate to harp on this. I've, I've, I have. It's not that I'm starting this year. I've been saying it for years. You need a good quarterback. Like you, you cannot stream quarterbacks in fantasy football at this stage of fantasy football. You, you, you can't. You can cheap out, but you have to hit on the quarterback. Like you need a quarterback that's basically you need like 25 to 30 points a game on average from your quarterback. And you could trace all of the woes of Stover's team by and large to the fact that he has crap quarterback play. Like Trey Lance was garbage before he got hurt. Dak Prescott is now hurt and he was crap too. I mean, we'll see if if Dak can, you know, emerge as, as an elite weekly quarterback play when he comes back i'm not banking on it with with that garbagey line and lack of wide receiver production well, this is the this so, is the team i was talking about with the who is going to be thirsty at the fab party night for a quarterback and maybe mm-hmm. to go along with with frank in that for the for the backup quarterback situation there that he has but right now you know stover is sitting with zero starting quarterbacks that are healthy right now so he's He's going right. to find something, maybe two players tonight in Feb. We'll see what happens. By the time you're listening to this, you're going to know the answer. Brent, but but look at look at this. Like, look at these points per game. Like Montgomery, 12 points per game on average. Chase, 17 points per game. Waddle, 30 points per game on average. Miles Sanders, 13, 14 points per game on average. Damian Harris, 11 points per game on average. Like, this is a this is a legitimate roster. Like, if you just insinuated a quarterback that was averaging like 28 points per game, like this is an elite upper echelon team. But you cannot you didn't even overcome Kamara. Right, who's not been doing anything, but you would imagine he will eventually get into the swing of things. Um, I mean, but you you cannot overcome. Like in this league, the way that we the way that we give quarterback points and the way that it's structured from an offensive standpoint in scoring and, and the fact that, look, you're getting these guys for $10 million or $7 million or whatever, like they can score. You get guys for six, $7 million that can score you 35 points per game. There's no way to overcome that with other people getting that in their lineup if you have a guy averaging 10 points or less. Like it's, it's just it's, – it's going to plague him and haunt him for the entire season. I just – Unless some miracle happens I, on Fab, I just don't see a way he gets out of this. I, I'm looking at things, and I think he finds a way out. I'm not going to mention it, but I think I think there's a way out of this for him. We'll see if we'll see how he plays it, but I think I think he's got a potential way out of this mess that he's in right now. But like you said, this is a contending roster who's just got gotten screwed and had a, his quarterback hurt pretty much both weeks in a row. That and that's gonna that's gonna drop you down the standings points wise, 
and it was responsible for him losing games. So that's a that's a that's a bad recipe for the first two weeks. But it's only two week snapshot. I think he has the roster to build on to get back into the swing of things if he gets his quarterback figured out. But the next big drop off here, Jay, is that's the that's eleven power ranking points for Stover. Next is six point five, and that is squatty potty and the toilet bowl of doom we're talking about bags how is bags back down here jay bad quarterback play <laughs> um, i i mean it's just not, there's just no overcoming it really there's there is he's I averaging 21 points he's 21 is not te- not terrible um McCaffrey look hasn't been amazing but he's averaging 16 points per game like that's not awful i mean it's not good for 31 million like you don't want to pay 31 million to get to get half of that return and actual tangible points on the field. But it's just, it's overall like things just not really coming to fruition for him, you know, 24 million on Javante Williams, who has not been great. I mean, 11, you pay 20, 20, almost mid twenties for somebody like you want 20 points per game from them. Like it's, if you're paying 20 to $30 million for somebody, you need to get like 20, 25 points from them. If you're not getting that, like it's a big time disappointment. Now, somehow he's got a defense averaging 26 points per game. Um, I imagine yeah, where problem, he would be the without problem, that. Right. The problem with that is last week for, for bags in his game against Barco. So th- this would have led to a win, unfortunately, but this is one of the scappings I was talking about. Buccaneers defense that you just mentioned with 33 points on his bench and, uh, you know, 11 from the Broncos. That's a 22 point difference. He only lost the game to Barco by eight points. That's, that's, that's on coaching right there. Yeah. I mean, the, the box defense is, is, is unbelievable. It's the real deal. And I, I can't second, I can second guess that because I would start the Buccaneers against the Saints. Like, there's no, there's no second guessing about that needed. I like, I, there's no way I wouldn't have played them, especially seeing what they did to Dallas in, in Week One. So, you, I agree that is on coaching. I mean, we'll see. I, I still like this roster. Like, he still has some good things in the lineup. I think Burrow will bounce back. I, you know, I think Joey. I, I think he. I, I don't think this is a playoff team necessarily, especially if this is what Christian McCaffrey is like if this is what he is and if this is what, th- what the Panthers are and if this is what Denver is, I mean, you, you can't spend 55 million on two guys averaging 25 total points. Between is this panic? Is this panic time down here in the ugly section for bags? I, I would probably see this week. He's got an easy game coming up. I think he gets a, a definite win this week. Uh, and he's got a lot of nice little matchups here. I see a lot of green in these OVPs. So, I mean, I, yeah, I th- I think we'll let's see what he does. It, it, I I would need to see if I were him. I would want to see a buck thirty five and a win this week. If not, I'd be I'd be reaching for the panic button and okay. and smashing it. Fair point. Fair point. I I think I agree with you, but I think this is a good week for him. I think this is a get right week for him. Like I you agree. said, I think we're leaning the same way on the pick segment coming up after this sponsor. But before we get to the sponsor, Jay, we need to talk about the team with a six in the power rankings, and that is. <laughs> Top gate two, the bad kind. And that, of course, is your team. I will let you take the lead on this, even though I'm, I'm probably going to have to cut you short. 
Yeah, Brent. I mean, it, there's no there's no uh, mystery behind the fact that I've ha- I've hated my my lineup basically since the day after the draft, and I, I've just hated it progressively well, more and what more. What was the date of the day after the draft? August twenty ninth. Right. Well, yeah, it was definitively August twenty ninth. I saw the Tom Brady bizarre ass depressing interview where it looks like. Where it looked like the cat for so he he's gone goes for eleven days. I don't know what the hell is going on. He comes back and I don't know what's happening. And before the draft, we go well, in, we on. draft. Yeah, Jay, we all I think know this story pretty well. The 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 story of of how you led how how you got down this road of of hating your team two days after the draft. But the before Correct. we before you go down this this story. Speaking of road. Uh, I want to ask you one thing that the date of that was August 28th, 28th. And then the 29th was the the day I found out about Najee. I'm looking at a tweet here on Mm -hmm. September 8th from at Scap Attack. And it says the road to repeat begins tonight, 9-8-22. Many thanks to the legends that carried me to the chip a year ago at Brady, at Eckler, at Amon Ra, at at, Hendrick. I guess that's Rashad Penny, LFG right. fantasy football at Matthew Berry fantasy life. And then a post to your YouTube, a fantasy football story about yourself. That was on September 8th. I see some, I right. see some bravado there. Well, Brent, that was 100% because I love my fantasy football video and I wanted to get it out at Matt Berry. Okay. So that, that, that was 100% why I did that. Now it did not, it did not develop anything. Like I didn't get any mention from Barry or any retweet or anything or no play from it, but that, that was 100% because I love that video. I trimmed it. That that was my championship video, which was like seven and a half minutes. I trimmed it to like four minutes and wanted to pump it out on, onto social media to see if, you know, I could get any, any play on my channel from it. So, so that wasn't no, I, for us to see that. No, no. Well, I don't care. I mean, obviously you guys all follow or many of you follow me. So I, I mean, I knew that you would probably see it, but no, that was, look, I, I didn't really like my draft the night of the draft. And I really hated, started hating it the next day when I saw the, the Brady thing and then really hated it the Monday when I saw the nausea injury thing that, what literally happened like six weeks earlier. And that the first I was hearing about it was that Monday somehow the the 29th. So, I mean, with that said, Brent, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, not terrible things like on my, on my, on my roster, like Aaron Jones has been, has been pretty good. Like, I mean, yes, Aaron Jones he's, he's averaging, fantastic. he's averaging 21 Dylan's averaging 12. Aaron Jones in week two had more rush yards than Derek Henry, Dalvin cook, Najee Harris, and Austin Eckler combined. Yeah, I mean the big again, the big thing here is look, when you miss on these things, there's no coming back from them, which is why I said my season's over. I paid 25 million for Najee Harris. He's averaging 10 points per game. Like I said previously when we were covering backs, when you spend 20 to 30 million on somebody, you need 20 to 25 points. I was expecting 20 points from him a game. He's averaging half of that. Brady, look, again, not to be a broken record, quarterbacks, you need 25 to 30 a game from your quarterback. Brady averaged 30 a game last year. Did I expect 30? No, but I was expecting like 25 a game from him. He's averaging 11. 
So when you add up 11 and the 10 from Najee, that's 20 points total from Brady and my best, my two most important players, the two most important players, the guy you spend mid twenties on and your quarterback are averaging combined cumulatively 20 points a game. I was expecting around 50. So add an extra 30 a game and I'm right, you know, up there at 125 points per game, but it's just, it's never going to come. It's never going to turn around. Najee, this is what it is all year. He's physically compromised. He's, yes, he's on a bad team. He's on a bad line. He was all of that last year, and he was RB4 in this league. But he's physically compromised this year, and this is what it is. And Brady, there's just too much injuries around him right now at wide receiver, which is another thing of concern for me because I have his wide receiver, Godwin, his <laughs> top wide receiver, who Brent played 10 snaps in the first game back from ACL, the ACL-MCL tear. He had three catches for 36 yards in 10 plays. Uh, so it looked like he was completely back. It looked like he was going to be completely fine. And now he is out for whatever, God knows how long. So there's just been a lot of things which have transpired. And I've been on record early and often. This is what it is. Like I, I've, I'm, I'm already, you know, resigned to the fact that I will be a bottom four team. This is exactly where I, where I am now is where I will be all season long. It's where I will finish. And I just gotta, I just gotta man up in week 15 or 16 and find a way to not win the toilet bowl. I think it's a little bit too soon to be looking that far ahead, but I, you know, you do have some bright spots in this lineup. I think you can recover from, and I think it's a little bit too early for that kind of uh, doom and gloom. But I, I do see some problems. I do see what you're talking about. But I don't also see that there are talented players with situations that could potentially turn around sooner than later. So I think that even though you're down here, I think that you will not finish this far down. But we honestly, Jay, we I, I think that's enough for the the good, the bad, and the stinky. You're leading the charge yeah. on the stinky, and Durazio is leading the charge on the good. And I think it's time to to jump out to a sponsor real quick um, before the show starts buffering. I like it, Brent. We'll be back on the other end, and we will do some previews of games coming up and do some picks right after this. At Premier Audiovisual. We know how annoying it can be to mount your TV to a wall using the most basic instructions or set up your remote control to your TV and, wait for it, your soundbar. It may take us a few tries to do that, but don't worry, we're the ones that will figure it out eventually. So when that family sedan pulls up in your driveway with a vinyl sticker on the side, you'll know that you're in good hands with Premier Audio Visual LLC. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. Welcome back. And Brent, another classic sponsor, Poop AV. I mean, Premier AV. <laughs> yeah, I felt like after after the fiasco at the at the draft, we needed to come back strong with uh, with an audio sponsor that might be able to help out our future audiovisual needs. Uh, unfortunately, Jay did hear that he will not be attending the your um, your bachelor party in nashville so if we have any audio visual needs at the bachelor party we're, we're gonna have to uh find our own way in nashville so what you're saying is we we should be just fine for our av needs <laughs> possibly yeah <laughs> I, might, I think we're good 
<laughs> All right. So uh, let's get to speaking of, let's get into some matchups here. You know, these two teams coming up in this first matchup here, it's me versus Barco. And we are neck and neck in those power rankings we just talked about. So this is a big game for it being week three. It's the Bully Bunch versus Freak Squad 2 here. Who you got, Jay? Brent, I'm going to I'm going to go with you. I'm going to I'm going to ride the hot hand. I love your I love your roster. Uh I like I like the matchups that you have going on this week. Going to be interesting to see what you do at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tough call uh, there for me. I honestly I'll, I'll I'll talk about it now. I'm I'm leaning on starting Carr even though he's at Tennessee and Tua is home against Buffalo even though I'm fully aware that the, there was a lot of injuries in that Buffalo uh, defensive backfield. In that in that game, even though I was watching most of the Eagles game, uh, I did I did see and hear of some of those injuries in that Buffalo defense. So tempted to start to yes, but this is not the week that I had mapped out in my mind that I wanted to start to So I think I'm just going to stick with Carr for now and not chase those 63 points. That's how you get yourself in trouble, Jay. I like it, Brent. That's very that that is that is a very strong play. Like you said, that's that's. Uh, that's how you do that. That's how you, that's how you manage, Brent. That's how you should manage. Like a lot of people would have a knee jerk reaction and, and go to two regardless. But I think Carr is the right play. Um, and I, and I think uh, other than that, you know, I, I think Carr is going to have a nice game this week. And I just like your, I just like your roster. Like I'm just, I'm just going, I mean, Barco, nothing, nothing, nothing necessarily to hate about his matchups, but I'm just, I like your team. I think you have the better team. I think you'll find a way to win. Well, here's the deal. If Derrick Henry doesn't get right this week for Barco against Vegas, it's going to be it's going to be a troubling sign because I think you should be able to run the ball on that Vegas defense. But we'll see what happens here and we'll see how Justin Herbert's feeling. I heard he's throwing the ball. I heard he'll probably have to get like an injection. Hopefully that doctor, <laughs> that fucking doctor doesn't doesn't give him a yeah. shitty injection like he did the tie rod leading to Herbert getting in the in the lineup. Uh, it's just a really weird situation. I'm hoping for the best for Herbert. I hope this is a battle with Barco looking forward to this game this week. And I think I'm going to win this game as well. I have myself as well. So we're even okay. on that one. Next game up is running from freak squads. A lot of freak squads. Um <laughs> Running from freak squads in this one against no Troy for you, and that is Booby versus Gary. I'll take this game first, and I have in this game Gary beating Booby. I've picked Booby winning the first two games of a season, but I I am feeling Gary this week. I look, I know that there's going to be a bounce back for Cousins and Jefferson. I know that's going to be a big game, but other than that, I think Lamar Jackson can handle that. And I think I'm on right. Ross St. Brown can handle that. So I'm not scared about matching up against Gary with that explosive combo that he has. And I think Gary has a better roster around him than, than Booby does. So I'm going with Gary this week. Yeah, Brent, I think CBS is in love with Booty's lineup this week. He's got that, the 129 projected points. Not feeling um, it. And I and I could see I could see why I mean I, I like I said the Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson connection is probably going to be a, you know a proliferation of points against that poopy Detroit defense and an elite Detroit offense so in the dome I think that has all the makings for like a megawatt game for him however I just like Gary just like I just like you I like your team I like your squad I think you're one of the two best teams in the league. I think Gary's the other best team in the league other than you. So I, and I like him to regress back to where, what I think he is, which is 
an elite like top two team. So I, and right now he's right around uh, sixth in the power rankings. I think he's going to have another big week this week, like he had last week. And I agree with you. I think Gary will get the win and this will be a big upset according to the CBS projections, but I'm with you. I got Gary this week. All right. We're let's not do every game the same like we did last week. That was hilarious, <laughs> by the way, completely incidental. I could not believe I looked at it. I, my jaw dropped. I could not believe we picked every game the same. So I, in the picks, I maintain my lead that I gained in week one on you, mm-hmm. which uh, is basically my record is nine and three essentially. And yours is six and eight. So, um, that's that doesn't seem right nine and three i'm gonna go back and look at that i've lost (laughs) way more than three games anyhow i have it all in the the spreadsheet here i just didn't add it up right real quick before i'll go back and look at that my bad anyway we have schwarz versus bross up in this next game and this one is yours to take first jay yeah i you know i i like spross i like i like that lineup this week it's it looks like he could potentially have a get right game brewing here. CBS again, likes him. He's a pretty, pretty hefty uh, favorite. And yet I'm just going to ride the hot hand again. Like I'm just going to go with the team that I think is the better team of the two uh, in what looks to be a potential, uh, you know, upset according to CBS, but look, Josh Allen, you know, that Miami defense is a great defense, but the Dolphins look like they're just on like a scorched earth tour. Like every game, it looks like they're taking out on that 13 second disaster um, from the playoffs a year ago that eliminated them. They, I just think they want to punish every team. And I I mean, I'm just not going to pick against Josh, a team led by Josh Allen. And in a game where Josh Allen's likely going to be, you know, flame throwing it around. I think there will be some, some throwing opportunities for, for Tyreek. Uh, I'm just going to continue to ride the hot hand in Schwarzy and go with Schwarz in this game. That's a high total in that game. And he has Tyreek and Josh Allen both in that game over under 52 points. Tough, tough to uh, imagine that Schwarz is going to get a bad game from either one of them. They, they're looked to be explosive, but Jay, I got to say this one, I, I deliberated on, I went back and forth, could not decide on who to take in this game. And I really had to look at this one for a long time. Things that I saw in this game that I like on Spross's side, though, like Eckler, I think this is mm-hmm. a get-right game against Jacksonville. I can see that. And I think Stafford puts up some points against the Arizona defense, who has not been that good this season at all. I think Spross has the makings to upset according – well, actually, you know, CBS has this as not an upset. CBS right. has this as Spross being An 11-point game, actually. Yeah, a pretty big spread for Spross. So I guess this wouldn't be much of an upset, but I'm taking Spross in this game. So that okay. is our, that is one we have different here. Okay. Next up on the slate though, is Frank. It's a Latino battle. Can you give me one of those LeBron? Uh, you know, the noise. There you go. That's what I was looking for. We had a little Latino battle here between Frank and, and PRB crypto winter versus pussy Rican and Brian. And this was also a pretty tough game to pick. I got to be honest with you without looking at the projections, just looking at the matchups. I think that that hurts against Washington. I think that could be a big game again for Hurts, and that led me to to go down the road of picking PRB over Frank this week. Yeah, Brent, I gotta concur. So this make it three out of four that we're gonna agree on on this one. I like the reek in um, PRB. That is in in this game. I agree. I'm just look. Russell and, Wilson looks like ass. I'm not, and Jalen Hurts looks like a top two or three MVP candidate. Like. It's really that easy for me in this matchup. 
Yeah, there's not some there's not really great matchups on the other side for Frank for his big guys. I mean, you have Devontae Adams against Tennessee, uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, not Antonio Brown, AJ Brown, Art Juan Brown um, against Washington. I guess you can consider those decent matchups. Kelsey against Indianapolis might be a tough matchup for him, but the overrunner in that game is 50. So we'll see what happens there. I think it'll be a close game, but I think I think PRB is on the good side of luck this week when it comes to the matchup, and I think he gets the W. So we're in, in agreement on that one. And have you wanted to use any locks yet, Jay? Or are you still waiting? Not to drop yet. It? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm waiting on my lock. I know where the lock is coming. I know it's, it's this game. <laughs> We're going to have the same lock. It's it's Squatty Potty against Top Gate 2, Bags versus you. If you just want to get it out of the way and just say we're both dropping our lock on this game. Done. The lock <laughs> is Joey to get off the schneid. He's going to get right this week. Um, you know, I think Burrow's going to light up the Jets. Uh, meanwhile, Brady uh, is probably going to be another nearly like single digit performance from him this week. I would imagine um, it doesn't really matter what Joey does, like in terms of his matchups, my matchups are not good. And it's, it's just going to be another lost cause of a week. So Joey is going to get the win. You can put a lock on it. I'm not going to pile on anymore. This is the battle of the two lowest teams in the league com- coming out of week two. And I agree with you. I think Joey is the lock to be the one that gets right first. You might get right later, but I think Bags gets right here and gets right first. I'm putting my lock on him too. The next game is probably the hardest one to pick of all of them because I have no idea what quarterback is going to be in the lineup for Stover uh, as of this recording. I also have no idea if Kamara is going to be in the lineup. Those two factors could change this entire matchup. So I'm basically picking this one blind. And that said, I'm picking Stover in this matchup. I agree. I like, I like the rest of his, whatever he picks up from the waiver wire, which there's some things out there. So what, whatever, just insinuating one of whatever, two or three options, I think that will be enough with the re, with the remainder of the stuff he has going on here that that's going to get him a win this week over, over the, the draft weasel three. I agree. You're up on the last game and that is the top of the power rankings. Jay, we have Esteban, Going against Rustle. How do you feel about this matchup? Yeah, again, this is this is another one where look, a lot of the a lot of the the upper echelon teams are not favored this week. Um, this this is actually another one where Russ is actually favored this week um, in this game by you know like six points. It looks like. I, I mean, I think Mahomes is is probably going to light up Indianapolis this week. I don't like Kyler Murray at all, but I'm just. Brent, again, as with you, as with Gary, like I'm just going to, as with Schwartz game, I'm just going to take the better team. Like I think, I think, you know, that Steve is going to be an upper echelon team all year. I think he's going to be an MVP contention all year. And I'm just going to assume that the good teams are going to find a way to get the wins. So Russ has unfortunately found a way to get the losses. He's scoring points, but he's 0-2 and Steve is 2-0. Like I just think he's going to continue um, the hot streak here and move to three and So I'll take uh, Esteban's Puerto Rican Troy romance. All right. Well, you're taking Troy romance. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I have, okay. I had Russell picked in this game just from looking at the matchups and thinking that this is a, this is maybe a game where, where maybe Esteban kind of trails off a little bit against an opponent who's hungry for his first win. Durazio's 2-0. Rustle is 0-2. I think he gets the win. He is thirsty for this week. And I think he takes down the the current top of the food chain here in Durazio. 
it's a much needed win. Obviously, even if he scores a lot of points, you don't want to be on three at this point. It's, it's going to, it's hard to overcome. I mean, it's hard. It's just hard to win games in fantasy. Like it's hard to run off three, four, five wins in a row. So, which is basically something you're going to have to do if you lose three consecutive start the year. So Correct. It, it's a, it's, it is a must win for us. I think if, if he wants to be ultimately in the playoff uh, outlook, so it's big, a big game. I'll, big game. I'll take, I'll take Durazio though. Big game. Our two differences are I have Ross, you have Durazio. And the other one is I have Spross and you have Schwarz. Those are the two picks that are going to hinge our, our records this week. And we both have Joey bags, friend of the show locked up over yourself this week. So that's, that's the matchups for the week, Jay. And then I, I think we, you can take us out of here. Yeah, Brent. It's, I think that's, it's been a pretty eventful show. I like it. I don't know. Maybe we get some feedback on the WhatsApp chain, see if people like the, the kind of the, the format that we did um, this week, but I liked it. Uh, and Brent, I'm honestly, I'm enjoying this year. I, I like uh, that. I'm not really watching the fantasy anymore at this point, necessarily. I, you know, I can actually enjoy the games uh, and just, you know, kind of like football again. So it's, it's been a nice couple, couple weeks here. So I hope everybody else in stinky nation enjoys the games as much as I've been enjoying them thus far and good luck to all of stinky nation this week in your matchups. I hope your teams remain healthy and I look forward to touching base with you guys throughout uh, Sunday on the WhatsApp chain and Brentley and I will touch base with you. We haven't decided quite when, but sometime on the same stinky channel, I can't tell you what time, Brent. We'll have to discuss that off air. <laughs> but we will we will catch you guys up on all the happenings in Stinky Nation sometime very soon. Until then, though, Stinky Nation. Good night now. Do whatever I say My block behind me like I'm coming out the driveway It's grind day from Friday to next Friday I've been up straight for nine days I need a spy day She try and give me that Poo-Tang I might let my crew bang My crew deep in it Wu-Tang I'm rolling with her Fuck I'm saying Girl you know my crew name You know 2 chains. I'm pulling up in that Bruce Wayne But I'm the fucking villain Man they kneeling When I'm walking in the building Freaky women I be feeling From the bank accounts I'm feeling What a feeling Nah man ain't got a Young player from the D that's killing everything that he see for the go. Click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my motherfucking click. Click, 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 click. As I look around, they don't do it like my click. Click, 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 click. And all these bad bitches, man, they want the. They want the. They want the. Stick them up. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. Yeah, I'm talking re. Yeah, I'm talking B. Nigga, I'm talking me. Yeah, I'm talking bossy. I ain't talking Khalees. Your money too short, you can't be talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking LeBron. We ballin' our family tree. Good music, drug dealing cousin, ain't nothing fucking with we. Me, turn that 62 to 125, 125 to a 250. 250 to a half a man, ain't nothing nobody could do with me. Now who with me? Vamanos, call me Hov or Hefe. Translation, I'm the shit. Least that's what my neck say. At least that's what my checks say. Lost my homie for a decade. Nigga down for like 12 years. Ain't hugging son since second grade. Uh, he never told. Who we gon' tell? We top of the totem pole. It's the dream team. Meets the supreme team. And all our eyes green. It only means okay, one thing. You ain't fucking with the click.
Click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my motherfucking click. Click, 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 click. As I look around, they don't do it like my click. Click, 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 click. And all these bad bitches, man, they want the. They want the. They want the. Break records to Louis. Breakfast at Gucci. My girl a superstar, all from a home movie. Bow on our arrival to un-American idols. When niggas didn't pass, got them hanging off the Eiffel. Yeah, I'm talking business. We talking CIA. I'm talking George Tenen. I seen him the other day. He asked me about my Maybach. Think he had the same. Except my tenant and his might have been rented. You know white people get money, don't spend it. Or maybe they get money by business. I'd rather buy 80 gold chains and go ignorant. I know Spike Lee gon' kill me, but let me finish. Blame it on a pigment. We live in no limits. Them gold masterpiece ceilings was just a figment of our imagination. MTV Cribs. Now I'm looking at a crib right next to where TC live. That's Tom Cruise. Whatever she accused, he wasn't really drunk. He just had fruit brews. Past the refreshments, a cool, cool beverage. Everything I do need a new Cruise presence, speedboat swerve, homie. Watch out for the waves. I'm way too black to burn from some rays. So I just meditate at the home in Pompeii. About how I could build a new Rome in one day. Every time I'm in Vegas, they screaming like he's Elvis. But I just wanna design hotels and nail it. Shit is real, got me feeling Israelian. Like Bar Raphael or Giselle. No, that's Brazilian. Went through deep depression when my mama passed. Suicide, what kind of talk is that? But I've been talking to God for so long that if you look at my life, I guess he's talking back, fucking with my click. Ain't nobody fresher than my motherfucking click. As I look around, they don't do it like my click. And all these bad bitches, man, they want the...